Hi, this is Paul Warren, and you're listening to the Rams Review Podcast. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussions, insights, interviews, and analysis. All passion, all Derby Kent. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast with me, Jason, on hosting duties. But I'm not alone as always. Two guests, one debutante. First of all, returning after the Christmas break, Chris Holt. Chris, how are we doing? Good evening. Very well, thank you, Jason. Good. And debutante onto the podcast, big Derby fan, James Cotton. James, nice to have you on the Rams Review, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. So since, it seems a while ago, actually, the last episode, um, we recorded it just before our eagerly anticipated Bristol Street Motors quarterfinal tie, sort of, was it quarterfinal, last 16 quarterfinal tie, whatever it was, against Bradford. We'll gloss over it briefly because, A, we haven't talked about it, and B, that's all I want to talk about it because, unfortunately, Chris, it was one of those Derby County performances that, we haven't seen too regularly this season, um, but unfortunately, the third time we've come up against a League Two opponent this season in cup competition, and they got the better of us. Um, I must admit, I was working away, so I didn't get to see all of the game. I've seen bits and pieces of it, um, but obviously reading a hell of a lot of what other fans have had to say on social media and obviously looking at the highlights, uh, I think I, what I've just said there about Derby just not, being at the races uh, last Tuesday is is justified. Did you get to see any more of the game, and was it as disappointing as it, it looks? I unfortunately got to watch it all. Um, what I found really fascinating before the actual game kicked off was I I heard the fact that Derby had the highest average in the in the, in the competition. Full stop. So if the highest average for for a tournament is around two and a half thousand, then someone needs to have a good hard look at themselves because surely it's costing clubs more money to host these games than they're actually making from them. Um, Back to the game. The word I use, Jason, is complacency. Simple as that. They walked on that pitch thinking mid-table Division 2 team with no real form. We've just got a case of turn up. It's a walk in the park and and into the last eight. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't understand the mentality sometimes of the inconsistency of this this team, because you would have thought that they were three games away from a Wembley trip would would see them in good stead, uh, and match that with their ability and potential that they do have as a team. You'd think it would have been a formality, but there's a difference between a formality of being skillful and adapting to the actual game with your work ethic and your ability against the formality of complacency. And I just think that it's a classic case of, I don't know if they were set, they were sent out there with the wrong mindset. I don't know if the pitch had anything to do with it. I don't know what James thinks, but I just thought it was complacent from the word go. 
Yeah, I think it's it's just one of those things with that kind of cup competition, isn't it? I don't think that the that the players, the fans, certainly when there's only two and a half thousand turn up anyway, have got the kind of same feeling about the game of what they have of obviously it's a um a, a league game. You know, the the, the mindset certainly for this year, from my point of view, and I think from probably most fans' point of view, is we need to get out of this division. That is long and short of it the the aim for for this season. I'm not too bothered about not progressing. Yes, three games from Wembley, two and a half thousand people turn up. There, I think it probably tells its its own story. Really, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a kind of a non-event cup. Really, um, when you when you're playing. Other teams, under twenty-one teams as well. The likes of you know when Man City are putting a team in, uh, and, and most Premier League teams. I think there's possibly a couple of Championship teams that put um, uh, under twenty-one teams in as well. It's not really a, a cup competition that's got any, you know, a, any kind of, of of meaning of what the certainly what the FA Cup's got anyway. Um, so I think it's 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 out of the way. It's done. Yes, it was a, a lacklustre performance. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a chance for some. I suppose fringe players to be able to try and stake a claim um, to be able to, to get into into that squad, uh, into the match day squad for a, for a league game, and they've not really done themselves any favours, have they? Really, to be honest. To be honest with you, James, that was ex- that was the the one sort of point I wanted to pick out of it. We we've, we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times when we've previewed the the trophy games. And it is an opportunity for a couple of them said squad players. And obviously, especially with the run that Derby have been on, um, it has been very, very much a similar 11, 12, 13 players involved. Um, and it, it was a chance. I'm not going to run through the names. Everybody kind of knows that the team that got put out there. Um, and it, it it's also, for me, a game where a Mendes Lang, a, a Bird, or whoever you know, these impact explosive players. That let's face it, what you've said is absolutely spot on. That the priority is the league, and you want those players fit, firing, and if they can have an extra couple of days off instead of getting tied up for forty-five minutes at you know against Bradford at Pride Park, then you'd think that that was the case. Um, so really, that's that's the two. It's the two negatives for me from that. Um, yeah. I'm a bit the same. If we'd have gone through, I think we'd have got Doncaster or Wigan at home. Obviously, then your chances of making the the regional final, are, you know, a pretty a pretty strong, um, and it, it would have kept the momentum ticking over. But I think the two for me, as I say, the, the extra squad players getting more minutes, and then having to use some of those first teamers for a lot longer than they they probably wanted to, and and obviously the manner of the de- defeat and performance from what i've read just wasn't wasn't up to it i think especially with january obviously we're now as we record this uh, in the middle of january a few huffs and puffs we'll go onto it in a little bit more detail later on because there's been a couple of names flying about um but it's that type of game for me where you want those squad players and let's face it some of them you know Paul Warren signed in the summer you wanted them to come on, come in against the League Two side. Okay, they've not played for a few weeks. Okay, the cohesion might be a little bit out. But at the end of the day, these lads are meant to be training day in, day out. You know, you'd think cohesion shouldn't necessarily be a, a massive problem. Um, and ultimately, I'm going to put it out there, it might be a bit of a, a harsh statement to make, James, but I think I think the manager can be a bit disappointed with with some of the some of the players from Tuesday night, if, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. 
Yeah, I think I think it can. Um, you know, the, the the likes of I'll use Sonny Bradley as a as an example. Sonny Bradley was bought in in the summer um, to to quite a bit of hype. Um, yeah, we we were we were tracking him for a long, long time. By all accounts, he, he had his his pick of, of really who he could he could go to. Um, he had a very shaky start to his Derby County career. Within you know the, probably the first three games, I think he certainly made mistakes in a couple of them and was responsible for a couple of couple of goals. Um, and all of a sudden, it, it, you know, we've we've got this pretty much formidable partnership that's been formed between Nelson and and Cashin, who's just been outstanding and all of a sudden he's he's really struggling to be able to get into into that that starting eleven. Um this was I suppose a chance to be able to try and say, hang on a minute, boss, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm a senior figure within the squad. I've, I've worn the the captain's armband on a couple of occasions when the likes of Forsyth and you know Hurahan have been taken off or, or they haven't started whatever he he's been trusted with the armband. But he can't seem to be able to get in. That's a perfect opportunity then for him to be able to to stake a claim from the squad. And I'm not saying the the defeat is down to Sonny Bradley because it, it certainly isn't. It's it's a it's a it's a squad game. Um, it's a squad effort, and I don't think the the effort was there really from all of them to be honest to be able to to, to get them over the line. And when you're having to rely on the the likes of the you know the the golden first teams, the likes of Mendes Lang, things like that, to be able to try and get you out of trouble, and it's still not work. Then you. Yeah, you're going up the the creek without a paddle a little bit, aren't you? Really? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Chris, your your point, um, your thoughts on that as well. Just to say, we we bring these players in. Uh, Paul brings these players in, hoping to, I'm sure, because you know, required if called upon. Um, the likes of obviously, we know Sibley, who's been at the club for a while. He's he's always been a name that's been um up for debate you, you've got fauna joe ward's had a bit of a sticky patch in the first team when he's come in uh certainly defensively it, it's opportunity for these players to get minutes under the belt show that they they can be part of um you know a promotion pushing side and let's face it there are going to be times where they are going to be needed in that first team and if no disrespects if you can't turn up and do the goods uh you know against the league two side that to me rings a little bit of an alarm bell and I know I wouldn't necessarily call this squad the strongest but maybe it's not quite as strong as potentially we first thought I had this discussion today uh, with a chap at work and we briefly touched about this Jason when I was last on the show and I'll pass it on to James before we continue. I, I'm just not convinced with Paul Warren's ability to to make signings. He's made 15 signings while he's been manager of Derby County Football Club. And of those 15, so you had 12 in the summer and three uh, last winter, didn't we? If you include uh, Spriggett, um, the goalkeeper, um, and I can't think of the other, the other chap's name, White, Harvey White. Um we are still relying very much on Rossini's squad. And it goes back to the Bradford game as well. You look at the Bradford uh, lineup, you had Elder, Bradley, Ward, and Nelson at the back. All four of them were signings by Paul Warren. And you'd honestly say only one has been a success, which is Nelson. Okay, you could say that Ward's been unlucky with an injury, 
But ever since he's come back, and alleged, and he's we've been told he's fully fit. To me, he looks average at best. And Callum Elder, well, we'll come on to Callum Elder with the Burton game. But and they look at Fournoy in front of him. Another guy that was a poor Warren signing, James, who came into the team and just hasn't, he just has not grasped the shirt, full stop. And he was lost in that game. And and it just comes back down to, you know, we've got a transfer window, we're in it now. Are you confident what he's going to bring in? We've had a recruitment guy now for a year. And what I've seen so far this summer, okay, we're doing well in the league, but we'll come to that. What's your thoughts about who is signed? It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm just looking now. I was speaking to to my my dad earlier. We've obviously been been linked with Corey Blackett Taylor, haven't we? From um, from uh, Charlton, and I, I hadn't looked at it myself, but from what my dad was saying, um, is his stats. I'm just looking to look now to be able to see what his stats are. They're not brilliant for for a winger. They're okay, but they they're, they're not. Brilliant, and we we, I think in order to be able to get out of this division, we need to be able to to sign someone who's going to tear this division up, pretty much like what Mendes Lang is doing, because he's doing well. And do you know what I'll say? I'll say this as well. He splits opinion between Derby fans, but and again, another um, Liam Rosenmore signing uh, in uh, James Collins. Um, if 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 that guy converted all of his chances, I think he'd probably be on thirty odd goals this season. I really do. And the thing is, if he was, he'd probably be playing at the top end of the championship or possibly even in the Premier League if he did. But he doesn't. Case in point, that chance uh, towards the end of the game last night, around about 83, 84 minutes where he scuffed it and it, it went wide um, when he, he should have leathered it into the back of the net. But with regards to your point on who he who he has signed and who he has got the ability to be able to sign, I, I suppose putting the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit, um, and you, I suppose playing a little bit of a devil's advocate, are we expecting more of a quality signing because of, I suppose, where our mindset probably still is, is that as Derby County are a championship team just playing in League One? Are we used to that better signing because we, we're used to playing in a better league than where we, we currently are? Are we attracting the players where... They're not quite as good because of Derby County's stature at the moment isn't what we believe it, it should be. Um, I suppose that's one way to be able to look at it. Um, you look at the players in in League One. I, I do genuinely believe we have got the best player in League One um, at Derby County in Aaron Cashin. He is the best player, one hundred percent. I've no, no no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Mendes Lang right up there with with the best of them. Um, Max Bird is probably right up there on his day with the best of them because I think he can blow hot and cold sometimes there's these games where it just kind of passes him by um, he hasn't got as much pull as previous managers but you look at who the previous managers were you know, you've got the likes of Frank Lampard you've got the likes of, of Wayne Rooney um, even Philip Koku they've all been you know superstar players and with that superstardom comes the ability to be able to pull in those those players, um, you know, certainly with Lampard, the likes of Wilson, Mount, and, and Tamori, um, we wouldn't have got them if obviously he wasn't at the club. Paul Warren doesn't come from that. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who's made two hundred appearances for, um, I think Rotherham, and a fair few appearances for for Wigan as well. Um, he hasn't got that star quality, I would say, 
and he probably does lack the ability to be able to pull in the superstar player. But I was definitely in the warm camp, probably, what, how many games ago? 12 games ago, something like that, when we weren't doing particularly well. But the last 12 games, he's won 10 of them in the league. It's 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 pretty hard to be able to kind of argue against that point that he is now doing a, a pretty good job. And I still don't think we've got out of third gear yet. I really don't. But doesn't it worry you, uh, Jason, that, and James, that we're still very reliant on the Rossini signings and we haven't had an impact really from the 12 that he's brought in? Because if you look at some of the players he brought in, we were really expecting, like I said, Sonny Bradley, high expectations. And we'll, you know, Jason will bring us on to, to the Burton game. <laughs> I would have thought if certain players would have brought in the impact added to what you've said regarding Collins and Mendes Lang and Cashin and Bird, we, we in theory could have been outside. If people like Joe Ward came with this big reputation, okay, he got injured and it was, but ever since he's come back, he just has not been able to establish himself back in the team. And I just, yeah, I pass it back to our host, obviously Jason. But I just hope that whoever we do bring in, if we bring someone in, Jason, and it'll be interesting your thoughts because uh, I really was fascinated with some of the things that you said at the last show, which were which was a great discussion. I think this is the most crucial transfer window of Derby's history, probably in the last ten years. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is interesting. I, I don't think. Any of us have been particularly blown away with the with the players that he he's brought to the club. Um, I think I would I'd go out on a limb and argue probably two of the ones that sort of not most went under the radar, but two that certainly went under the radar have have probably been our two better play or two of our better players this year in. Nelson and uh, Wilson. I think Wilson. I mean, we'll, we will move on to the Burton game uh, in a bit. But Wilson had their right back on absolute toast last night, every single time. Um, and it, I don't think anybody was expecting anything from Nelson. I mean, people had obviously heard of the net. Yeah, come from a Championship club. He was at that age where, you know. He made his time in the championship. Maybe was was you know was up and dropping down to League One was was his level. Obviously, Wilson was a player who torn up League Two, got his move to the championship, and and obviously suffered some bad injuries and just couldn't make it at Bristol City. So that was not a gamble as such, but it's a player that he signed that you thought, well, um, you know, see how he goes. And Chris, I think I've said it to you, and I've I've said it a couple of times on the podcast. That first game we saw Wilson, I thought, well, yeah, no wonder he was playing for Forest Green because he looked like a League Two footballer. The way that he has developed um, this season, certainly after that little injury that he had and since he's come back, I mean, you're right, Mendes Lang's right up there at the moment. Um, I think Orahan's had a pretty solid season. James Collins has, has been brilliant. But I think Wilson's right up there. I, I really do. Um, yeah. it, 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 it must be between him and cashing already I'd say for the young player of the year if he qualifies for it I imagine he he probably does it what 22 23 just um so I think you know that that's testament to him but ultimately there are players that have been brought in and now don't get me wrong the position that we were in we were never going to be able to sign 12 first team players and they all were going to hit the ground running we were going to have to take one or two gambles we were going to have to take one or two players that 
you know, might, I think Paul Warren said it in his, his press conference the other day, um, doesn't tick every box because if they ticked every box, every club would be after them and they'd probably be playing Premier League, you know, high end championship, lower end Premier League. So we have to, we have to accept that there is going to be sacrifices. Um, but Fauna came in just to name a play. I'm not calling him out, but he, he came in, he had a few sort of flirtings with the side and then we've just not seen him. Um, obviously Callum Elder suffered a massive injury. Never. We've just not been able to get him fit. Um, a mate of mine texted me at half time last night and said he thought he was the best player on the pitch at half time. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not so sure about that. And he, he certainly uh, didn't prove that, you know, only what seven or eight minutes later. Um, so I don't particularly think that one's come off. Like we've said, Joe Ward, you, we, we spoke to Peterborough fans in the summer who said going forward, you've got arguably one of the best players in the division who, who can put a ball in every single Peterborough fan said the problem with him is he can't defend. And I think, to be honest with you, we, we've that's exactly what we've seen. Um, I suppose in a wing-back role, you don't necessarily have to defend as much as you would in, in a full-back role. And I think, obviously, when he has come in the last couple of games, it's been more of a full-back sort of role that he's played. So, you know, I'm not going to knock him, but he's got to start, um, if you know, given the chance, and unfortunately, as I say, He's not getting in front of Wilson and he's not getting in front of Mendes Lang for me down that right-hand side at the moment. So it would have been a game like the Bradford one to turn it full circle that gave him the opportunity. And I, from what I've heard, he didn't particularly shine in that one either. Um, so, yeah, January for me, obviously, like you mentioned, James, um, Blackett Taylor's been linked. I have no real problem with a signing like that um, about the right age, one that, I think his contract's up in the summer, so I'm, I'm sure it would be a deal that we're kind of looking at to bring in and then make a permanent. I don't think his stats are terrible for a mid-table League One side. You have to always think if you can do that well, at, you know, in that sort of a side, give him some of the players that we've got in and around. Do, do you get that extra 10, 15% out of him? And I think if you do get that extra 10, 15% out of him, then you have sort of got another Mendes Lang on your hands on the left-hand side, something that for weeks now, I think we've been screaming out for somebody, although I have to put hold my hands up and we'll move on to him again in a little bit later. Um, Tom Barkhausen for the last two or three games, I think actually been pretty solid where I was sort of questioning his, uh, his place in uh, at Derby County completely, not four or five weeks ago. So January is obviously going to be interesting. Is it a worry that we haven't really done a great, deal of anything in the first 16 days uh yes and no i'm going to look at it with a half sort of cup full lads and think that as he says many times there's players out there you can go and sign them but if they're not going to improve the first team then you know that's fine and let's face it the majority of players if we're looking at them in league one then their, their negotiations are going to be needed because you're not you're not going to have a bench warmer in League One that can come into a team that are challenging for the top of the table. It, 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 they are players that are playing week in, week out. More negotiations. We see it every year, the domino effect, what can happen in transfer windows. Um, it's all well and good getting them in early and getting the ball rolling, but I, I, football isn't quite as, as straightforward as that. What I will be a little bit disappointed with, I have to say, is if we do bring in two or three 
and it's towards the last few days of the window and they're genuine nobodies that we've never heard of. That, to me, then starts to ring a couple of alarm bells. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can pick a, an under-21 gem out who's who's in a, in a Premier League under-21 squad. I, I get all that. Um, but you would think Premier League players who are looking to get their youngsters out want them out as soon as possible. If if they're deemed good enough to go out in at the top end of this league, you'd have thought somebody would have snapped them up by now. So that's that's sort of my thoughts on the transfer window and, and the let, lack of business so far, apart from obviously, um, I think it's pr- practically been nailed on that John Jules is going to stay till the end of the season. I have no problem with that. I have no qualms with that whatsoever. Um, he's a he's a body. Um, I think he's a body that, that can add and help do the second half of the season, if we can keep him fit. Um, <clears throat> and of course, then you've also, you've still got a way up the out, potential outgoings. And I saw something on Twitter. Um, no, sorry, not Twitter. It was on Facebook. So, I mean, how much you can read into this and believe um, it was from a QPR fan page. And they're saying that they're, um, they're eyeing up Connor Washington for up to 2 million pounds. Now, I mean, April Fool's Day is not for a, not for a few weeks yet, lads. You know what I mean? But it, that one did make me chuckle. Uh, a player that's played about four games for Derby has been injured ever since. I can't see him take getting two million for him. But um, yeah, it, we we could really get it right, and it, that that could definitely propel us. Um, I think Chris, you hit the nail on the head earlier. We haven't particularly played that well. And actually, you look at bar what bar that ninetieth minute equaliser against Wickham, we'd be top of the league, and in just a couple of games extra this season, we would be five six points clear when we were twelve off it eight weeks ago. So I think that does lend itself to the unfortunately to the quality of the league. Obviously, you've still got Bolton in there who have obviously got those couple of um, couple of games in hand. So you never quite know uh, how they're gonna they're gonna do, but. As I said on the last one, I think for Derby to play that the way that they have with the squad that they've got, and, and, and let's face it, they're right in it. I don't think you can argue it. They are right in it. That extra ten percent could really could really kick in because it is only going to take an injury to one or two. And if that's unfortunately, if that's the caliber of backup that we've got that we that we saw on Tuesday night, then I'm a I'm a little bit worried we might start slipping away when. I think we've played ourselves into a pretty decent position without really getting going. If I'm if I'm completely honest, yeah, that was really my point of view. You've you've hit it on the head far better than I did, uh, Jason. It's about depletion of the squad uh, potentially if we get injuries or silly money comes in for certain uh, players that we have. I think when you look to the likes of a left back, Elder covering Fozzie, it just shows how reliant we are on Fozzie. And we know that Fozzie's body can't maintain 46 games and it's proving that now at the moment. And it does worry you that if you do lose Fozzie for another five or six games and you're reliant on him, same applies to the right-back role. Wilson, you're absolutely right, it's been a revelation. But if, if he does touch wood, doesn't get an injury, we're okay. We haven't got to worry about a backup, but I, I, I'm just concerned that the 12 that came in, you would have had a little bit of confidence thinking, well, if he gets injured, we're okay, we've got such and such. But realistically, you know, I, I'll finish this aspect now, but 
how many support players or cover players are you actually confident in and what kind of style will he bring in? Well, we'll move we'll move it on to Burton and obviously transfer dealings the next time we convene on the podcast will be we will be right at the back end of that transfer window so we'll see what movements have been made. Um I say we move on to Burton. Uh James, I wasn't sure if I was watching a football match in D24 last night or somewhere in the Wild West because the good, the bad and the ugly sum up uh, Derby's performance last night to to an absolute T for me. Um on a absolute donkey of a pitch again. I mean, I know I know the weather in Derbyshire hasn't been fantastic over the last six to eight weeks, but by Christ, that pitch is it's probably the worst I've seen Pride Park uh, for a, certainly for a long time. So, um, but I'm not I'm not putting that down to last night because I don't think it was Derby. For all of Burton's off and puff in that first half, Derby Derby went into it uh, went in in half time one nil to the good, and I think in all fairness edged it. Second half, they do exactly what you would want your your team to do. Come out, grab that second goal. And from that, instead of worrying about it being 2-2 in 15 minutes' time, you should be, no disrespect, you should be looking at the third, potentially the fourth goal, and, and calling it a very good night under the lights. Um, obviously, Derby capitulated for 15 minutes. We have to come back to a, a bit of a positive that we did still manage to pick up the three points. And at the end of the day, teams who have success do grind out results, do find ways to win when things are, are ugly, when things haven't really, when they've not had the rub of the greening games. But it, it's very hard to come away from the fact of last night that Derby were their own undoing. And just a couple of mistakes are starting to creep in that that you know fantastic defensive record that we had is is just starting to creak a little bit we're, we're conceding twos in games every other rather than ones and, and nones and that to me is obviously there's a few factors obviously we're coming up against different different outfits where we're in a busy period we're changing formation we've even changed our bloody goalkeeper for god's sake that I'm definitely going to bring a point up on uh, in in a bit, but you know, riding it out at the end of the day, we've still got the three points. However, not pretty that last twenty minutes was from what was a very comfortable position. Um, I thought, and I think I think I said it on last week's episode. Is this just what we've got to expect? Is this just what Derby County are? Is this just the quality of the league? And Derby whilst are a very good side in this league they're not a Sheffield Wednesday they're not an Ipswich they're not a Plymouth of last season and nobody in this division are and so it's going to it is going to go right to the wire and there are still going to be a few ups and downs um, between now and the end of it Yeah I think the first of all address your your point on the quality of the league Um, it's appalling it really is like the, the, the quality of some of the teams in here uh, and I include ourselves at, at points within this season. It's it's been atrocious. Um, along with that, the quality of the refereeing is is abhorrent at best. Um, there's very few decent refereeing um, 
decisions that I've seen this season. Um, the quality of the pitch, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen it that bad since we've been at since we've been at Pride Park. It it, it did. It's reminiscent of the the old videos that you see of the the baseball ground kind of thing. It wasn't wasn't a nice pitch at all. Um, I had the I had the pleasure of playing on the on the Pride Park pitch. Um, it was about a week or so after the twenty fourteen playoff final. We played in the charity match and it hadn't been watered for a week and it was appalling then and it reminded me of that. Uh, it was it was it was terrible. We haven't had good weather, of course we've not. The Burton game last night. Um, Went from the sublime to the to the ridiculous. To, uh, you know, we're hanging on for dear life. I thought at one point we were possibly going to lose the game completely, um, and then you know the the last five five or so minutes before the goal, we really you know cranked up the pressure, and it was cross after cross after cross after cross, and eventually it paid off, um, and we we got the win that I think in the end we probably just about deserved. Um, and I think this is just unfortunately who we are as a club at this moment in time. We we are we, we're nicking nicking the win here and there. We we haven't really we haven't really batted anybody properly this year. I remember last year when we had uh, I think it might have been Morecambe at home, and we we played them off the park. You know, we five nil could have quite easily have been seven or eight nil. We were we were brilliant that day. We haven't really had that from memory this year as to where we've absolutely battered someone. It's it's kind of we we've won it by the odd goal. There might have been the I think we had the three 0 against Burton towards the, the very start of the season, didn't we? Um but uh, it's it's been quite we're consistently inconsistent is probably the, the best way to be able to describe Derby, um which is the the life of a Derby fan, um, unfortunately. It's what we, we kinda of have to be able to, to put up with at the moment until hopefully we we get ourselves out of this league. Um, it's it's a tough old slog, League One, and we're we're, we're finding we're finding that out. Um, it it could all go pear shaped. You know, we we we're getting that kind of that time of year again, aren't we? Uh, where we get start to be able to get towards the end of January, February, the you know, the business end of the season, and then all of a sudden Derby County decide to be able to switch off, and you know you you end up falling away like we have done when we were in the Championship, and with the amount of times that we fell away there. I think there was the the season of the McLaren where we were possibly top at Christmas, and we ended up finishing seventh on the last day of the season when we lost to Reading, maybe. Um, and that it's kind of continued since like that fifteen sixteen season, uh, where we we've always fell away um, towards the back end of the season. So I'm just hopeful that we don't this time that we've had our poor poor part of the season at the start, and we can continue to be able to build on where we've got to because we are in a good position. We're third in the league. Um, we're what a point off top, and I think with you know those results that probably should have gone our way, we would be top. And like we said earlier, we probably would be five or six points clear. Um, but we're not. We are where we are. There's still a long way to be able to go. Uh, we've just got to keep trying to plug away, and I suppose accept a little bit that we're not going to blow this league away. Unfortunately, as much as what we, a few of us probably thought we might do at the start of the season. Um, Burton, for for what it's worth, I, I think did really well in parts last night. To be honest, um, they are a small fish in in the, this league. Um, I have a I have a soft spot for Burton. I know there's like a, a tiny bit of rivalry there, but I'm based in Swaddling Coat. My 
granddad used to take me to Burton when they were in the what Unibon Premier League. So there was never any kind of real rivalry between me supporting Derby and, and Burton. I always want Burton to be able to do well. Um, I think we did well in points at, at points last night, but it's also the argument to be able to say that uh, you know a team of, of Derby's stature and the players that we're able to attract shouldn't be being pegged back by a, a small outfit like Burton. Um, we should be, you know, going into that game right. We 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 we're at home. We've got twenty seven thousand crowd. We're not going to let them come here and tell us, you know, what's happening on our home pitch kind of thing. This is how the game's going to go, and let's put it to bed. And that's how it looked after half time. Forty nine fifty minutes. Here we go. We're going to we're going to walk this. I think I, I texted my dad and I said, you know, we're on our way to the championship. Here we go, kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, one goal, two goals. Oh dear! And thankfully, uh, Mr. Horahan stepped up and uh, got it into the back of the net in the ninety-second minute, and we're on the way to three points. But yeah, it's a little bit up and down at the moment, isn't it? Can't argue with any of what James has just said there, Chris. But we'll we'll try and break it down a little bit as we like to do on the podcast. Um, the first fifteen minutes sort of passed me by. In all fairness, it, 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 there was a bit of a and nothingness to it, really. Just a, just an edging out, and then obviously you could see Derby's play. Well, it's not you know world beating. They they started to they did start to get a little bit of joy. Um, obviously, the man of the man of the moment um, sets up another one, and something that I said in the previous bit. And obviously, I know I've had a rant about Barkhazen on this podcast over the last couple of months. He bust an absolute gut to get to that. Um, could have easily have gone down under that challenge if um, anything would have been given, I don't know. But it definitely could have put him off. Um, and whilst I would never call him lazy or anything like that, sometimes his body language gives off a little, to me personally, something where I don't know if his, his old heart's in it at some times. Certainly can't argue his, his desire to get on to the end of that. And of course, that's back-to-back league goals for him. Uh, it's something that, you know, we need more of. Uh, obviously, will he be a, still at Derby after January? We don't know. Will he be a regular player or a bit more of a bit part player in the second half of the season? We don't know. But he, he's not done his chances any harm of, of being involved. Um, again, for, for Saturday at Lincoln, um, I thought his overall performance obviously got man of the match um think he had a set he obviously set up the second one as well um he was he, he was effective on both wings chris um and obviously gets his goal as well um a, a solid performance from from barkhausen and you know you, you could argue whilst there hadn't been tons of chances in that first half derby were were definitely you know better for it where uh, but you know burton were Burton were in that game with again without really causing too too many problems themselves in that first half. Well, Burton went with a very compact, pretty much a three four three, didn't they? Um, and you're right for the first fifteen minutes, it was all about finding each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses. And then I th- I found it quite interesting that the way Derby did break them down was a very fast break with uh, a long outlet ball on. on which does break a very compact unit. Uh, I think that Burton's plan was to, to boss the midfield and not allow Mendes Lang to get the ball. 
I think that was their plan. And as soon as Mendes Lang broke through and allowed Bork Hazen uh, to finish, and I thought it was a really good finish, actually. Like James says, the pitch was awful. Um, he had the fullback breathing down his neck, and he took the, he took the goal really well. Um, I think all of a sudden, Burton's formation then changed slightly, and they become a bit more um, direct. What I, what I will say about Derby, and again, it comes back down to what we spoke about before when I've been on the pod, is that when, I think James touched on it at the start of the, the, start of the show, we have the obvious in the team, the Mendes Langs, the James Collins, who will always give you quality and always provide an outlet and a goal. But what happens if they are marked out the game. What happens if they do get a knock? Did you see a derby counter there, Jason? That um, we capitulated for for twenty five minutes. We we almost became complacent again. We scored the second goal. Burn almost then came out with an attitude of we've got nothing to lose, and Derby almost sat back and went, well, you know, this game's done and dusted, and it just was not the case. I always worry that Derby do not have a plan B. Horahan is still a plan A player. He, he scores many goals. We, how many goals he, has he scored now from that pretty much that same part of the pitch with the same left foot, pretty much with the same volley? And it just worries me slightly that Burton did play well. They've got a. I thought Hugel was a was a revelation for him when he came on. That was his first game for them. I think they picked him up from Man U, didn't they? Only a couple of days before. So obviously they're scouting well, but ultimately they're in the bottom seven and they're away from home. They shouldn't be coming anywhere near us. Let's be completely straight. They should be done and dusted at 2-0. It should be three, it should be four. And some fans are saying, well, we've got now the the mentality to see out a game and win a game, whereas last year we didn't. I'll just say this, that was Burton Albion, who are, I think they're 18th, 17th, would it have been the same outcome if it would have been a better quality team? And and that's my only, I'm not being negative, but it's my only concern. We got out of jail alive, let's be honest. We really did. Because I'm with James. At one stage, I thought Burton were going to take us. I really did. And I had um, the commentary on from, from our local radio station well, at the same time. And they thought that Burton may just nick this. And that just, and they said at the end of it, uh, Jason, especially Eric Steele, there's this, there's this plan B that just still isn't there, is it? No, spot on. And I think to, to answer your question, if it, you know a stronger side, would we have, would we have lost that game? Well, of course we would have done. Uh, I mean, we we got we got the proof of that on New Year's Day. A very, whilst we didn't obviously blow Peterborough away. We were in front with ten minutes to go, and as soon as they applied that little bit of pressure, unfortunately, we 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 did crumble. Um, and so before that, again, chances were I suppose were few and far between. Uh, Mendes obviously had another one in that first half; should have buried it. Really, um, it could have been oh so much prettier at half time. As I said earlier, you do exactly what you want your side to do. Come out the second half. Don't let don't give the opposition a sniff. Don't let them get the tails up. We put the ball in the back of the net again, um, which is a, a, a great bit of movement. Not nice finish from from Collins. 
and then you just expect a, Derby, a team that's won 10 out of 12, uh, not just Derby, a team that's won 10 out of 12, you expect them to go, not autopilot, but you expect them to then really stamp their authority on that game. And it's two individual errors, really. Uh, well, certainly the first one's an individual, two individual errors, Mendes Lang, and then obviously what Elder is is doing with that one. Um, but obviously previously we'd let uh, their left back just absolutely have the freedom down the left-hand side. Quality finish. I mean, he puts it the only place really that the goalkeeper isn't going to get to it. I, I completely get that. Um, but it was, again, for a team that defensively has been so sound, I actually thought we looked a bit off last night at the back. Uh, I don't necessarily think Cashin had his greatest game in the world. I don't think Nelson had the greatest game in the world. I'm still not convinced about anybody at right back other than Niambi. Um, and obviously Elder, I think the jury is very much still out for him at the moment. Um, so actually, and then obviously we've got the goalkeeper who I'll come on to in a little bit. So, a, b- a better team, I think, would have given Derby a bit more of a a challenge last night at the back. I, we, there was just something about us that just didn't, for me personally, didn't didn't seem we were we were quite on it. Um, and before you know it, James, as I said, as we said, you two two. I mean, Hugo comes on. That's his first three minutes of professional football, and, and he's. It, it, the composure to to do what he's done there and put it into the back of the net is is great for him and great for Burton. Looks like they they have got a a bit of a player on it on the hands who can uh, who can steer them away from the relegation zone. But I I don't like to be disrespectful, but you do have to sort of hop to what some of what Chris has said there. This is Burton Albion, a team that up until three weeks ago had been getting pumped most weeks, conceding for fun, not scoring goals all of a sudden have, have come to Derby's patch. You could certainly see a couple of their frailties at the back. Um, but, you know, they've scored two goals. And I, I I make three, gentlemen. I I was not looking at Derby getting the third. If anybody, it was, it was going to be Burton. Um, and I just, I don't necessarily think it was anything to do with our substitutions or the, any change. I actually think Burton just kind of run out of steam a little bit, unfortunately for them personally. Um, and it is, it is the captain who um, does grab us, you know, the, those three points, which and I think you alluded to it earlier in the conversation, James, you'd, you'd got a chance five minutes previous that Collins should finish. There's, there's no two ways about that. Um, I think it's, it's always good scoring in the 92nd minute because chances are the away team haven't got a chance to get back into the game. If we had have gone three two at the 84th, 85th minute get minute, would that have just you know what would Burton have done? We we won't know. Um, would they have absolutely collapsed and maybe we'd have got a fourth or would that just given them the wind for the last five minutes to you know another onslaught? Derby have sat back eleven men behind the ball and you know we might have gone we might have ended up three three. So. Timing of goals is crucial, as we well know, but certainly don't want them to keep leaving it till the 92nd minute at home against a bottom, a bottom five side. But putting it all into into context, we've gone in, we've got three points, we've 
got back to winning ways at Pride Park and without being too picky, there's not much, three goals, you know, there isn't too much more you'd want out of that performance um, and and, and three points. So there's not much more you'd want out out the evening. But I think as we've all kind of alluded to, I meant I commented to some of my friends and it's, it's not really a, a sentence that I've used all too often to describe Derby this season. And I didn't actually think we were quite like this, but it's happening a couple of times now. Um, from five, six, seven, eight weeks ago, whatever it may well be, where we went on that run and it looked like we'd got a bit of resilience, we'd look like we'd got a bit of this, a bit of that. We've started looking like we're a bit soft again. Um, and I don't really know where that's coming from or if it's always been there and the quality of the opposition that we've just come up against hasn't been good enough to to test it. Um, we certainly can't go between now and the end of the season, you know, with with such a soft underbelly, in my opinion. Um, otherwise, we're going to get found out. Um, but all all in all, three points, step closer towards the top, um, and a game that obviously in six weeks' time or come the end of the season, we won't remember the 3-2 against Burton, will we, if if we achieve what we needed to achieve? But I'm still not, you know, I'm still not overly confident that this this Derby team have quite got what's what's needed to to sustain, certainly a challenge for the top. I think we'd have to absolutely capitulate to be out of the playoffs, uh, in all honesty. But, you know, for me, it's nights like last night, which just makes me go, but there's there's still something missing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think the, there's probably, you know, there's a little bit of bite missing. I think sometimes we, we we can be we can be a bit soft, uh, especially when you kind of look at the the midfield. Um, I, I think uh, we we lack that kind of little bit of. Bite that little bit of a, a nasty kind of Roy Keane esque. I'm not saying we, we we'd ever get a, a Roy Keane, but a Roy Keane esque player who who will kind of put it about a little bit. Probably a little bit like what Knight did. In all in all honesty, he, he'd got a little bit of that about him. Um, we we have got that soft underbelly where it just feels that you know, are we going to be able to to kind of see it out? Um, having said that, we had Knight last year and we we couldn't see games out for Toffee last year. To be honest, so we we we, we didn't really um, do what we needed to to then. There was a lot of capitulation last year as well. Um, uh, three points is three points. Um, you know, yes, we we conceded those two goals, and yes, we only won it with a with a ninety second minute um, strike from uh, from the captain. But it's three points. We are now closer to the to the summit. Um, I think we're we're right in and. Uh, about it, you talk about capitulation. We're Derby County fans; we've seen it all before, haven't we? Um, we're, we're kind of the the, the kings of of, of capitulation, um, bottle jobs. Um, there's probably only Tottenham Hotspur that know how to be able to, to bottle thing, bottle something uh, worse than, than than what we do. Um, but uh, I just want to be able to see that kind of injection, that little bit of nastiness. Really, um, I, I don't think we need too much more of a of a flair player. I think we've got our flair player in 
Mendes Lang, let's wrap him up in cotton wool and make sure that he doesn't get injured because I think if he does, then we 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 are in trouble. We really are. Um, I personally like Barkhausen. Um, I think he's probably underused the derby. Really, I think he there's more that we could could use of him. Um, I'd I, I'd like to possibly see Wilson used a little bit further forward. Um, I think he's got that about him. I really do. Um, I think, yeah, when you said, you said about right-backs as well, Nyambe, um, he's been a revelation. I think he's absolutely brilliant. really do. What a player. How Blackburn let him go, I do not know. Um, because uh, he, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. And when I've seen, whenever I've seen him this year, He's he's absolutely bossed it at, at right back. I don't think there's a there's a better right back in the league, to be honest. He's he's a, he is an absolute, he's been a cracking sign. I'm glad that we've managed to be able to sign him until um next season as well, end of next season. What a signing that is. Um so I, I think the January business needs to be smart. Um it, bring in that little bit of bite to try and get rid of that little bit of a, a soft underbelly. Um and try and see games out that that little bit better. Um, you mentioned obviously, Jason, that you're going to say say about uh, the goalkeeper. I'm a little bit perplexed uh, as to why um, he's chosen now to be able to to give uh, Mr. Vickers a go. It's not that I think that he isn't a good goalkeeper because I think he is, but I think Wildsmith's been really good. Um, I, I I I think he he had a shaky couple of of games where he possibly flapped at a couple of crosses, but you look at him over his time served with Derby County from the start of last season, he's probably been one of our best players for the last couple of seasons. I really think he has. I think he's been a really, really decent goalkeeper and we haven't had one of them since probably Carson, really. Cal um, Ruse was awful, didn't rate him at all. Um, we, we've had some pretty substandard goalkeepers in our time uh, and I, th- I think we've found a bit of a gem with uh, with Wildsmith so to then just kind of you know, because it's it's your go when you're in the midst of a promotion chase I find a little bit of a strange decision I fully expected to be able to see Wildsmith back in goal last night actually I thought he was going to put him, put him back in Well you've let the cat out of the bag haven't you so I'm going to I'm going to have to have my uh, have my yeah, say on, on yeah um I actually texted Corey last night. Corey messaged me last night saying, are you watching? I said, yes. He said, what do you think to Vickers? I said, Roos 2.0. That man couldn't catch a cold. I mean, is the one thing... That's, I'm probably doing him a very harsh disservice there. He's played four games for Derby. But from what I saw against Fleetwood, and what I, as I said, I didn't see the game against Bradford. But from what I saw last night, the one thing that... As you say, Wildsmith, I think, I think has been brilliant since he's come in. Um, he's been part of the joint best defensive record of of, of the season, of, of the team. Sorry, in, in this season, and then to make the change, I've got no problem with making changes. Paul Warren sees sees it a lot more than we do on a, on a Saturday at three o'clock. So he's made the change for a reason. Maybe Joe spat his toys out. We, we just don't know. But then to replace him with a goalkeeper that can't come and catch a ball, for me, is a little worrying. He, he, he punched and he flapped at everything. 
And he's a big guy. He's a big unit. He should be breaking a neck. He really should to to get that. And that is the one thing, as you said, I don't think we've had a keeper since Carson who has commanded his box. And I have people say to me, oh, he's a good shot stopper. What, what, I'm not expecting him to do anything else. That's what he is. That's what goalkeepers are for. But they've also got to be able to command their penalty area. And I've always thought Joe Wildsmith was was pretty pretty good at that. I mean, you look back at a couple of the other goalkeepers that we've had, all Sop and things like that, they were off and off. I, I don't think anybody's commanded it like Wildsmith has, the way that, unlike what Carson did. And I, I hope it's just a bit of nerves, obviously. I mean, I have to say it, and I think I said it on the pod last week, how Josh is in a mind frame to play football with what's going on in his personal life is beyond me. But if if there's any doubt, I'm sorry, you can't... It, it's a game of football at the end of the day. You can't have people in the team who aren't fully focused it, it, because especially in goal, you are going to get found out. And I'm, I've just been a little disappointed with his with his command of his area so far in, in from what I've seen. But as I say, it's a very small sample size. I could be being completely harsh, put it down to, he's not played a lot down to nerves, whatever it may well be. But if he is going to be the man in between the sticks between now and the end of the season, I mean, he's, he's got to, he's got to pick it up for me. Um, And I mean, I've, I've, he's not really had shots to save, has he? In, in the two games, he's not he's not been called into action. The things that he's had to do is pick the ball out the back of the net, his distribution, which I think's been okay, and c- the commanding of his area, which I think he's failed on. So I'm still a little bit up in the air about um, about Josh Vickers. But at the end of the day, if Paul Warren's had him before, he knows the man. If he says he's the man to the man to be in the sticks to help Derby to promotion, then I'm not going to you know knock it, and we'll see how it goes. But Chris, what we don't want, of course, is a situation like we had two or three seasons ago, where the goalkeeping position—it was like a Premier League. It was like Arteta rotating goalkeepers. We can't have when you're challenging to to go up. You can't have a goalkeeping change every three weeks, can you? No, you can't. I remember the Mighty Manchester United. They used three uh, one season, didn't they, with uh, under Ferguson? Um, I think with Vickers, I think he would have come into the team earlier, guys, if you want my honest opinion. I think the unfortunate circumstance of his uh, 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 of, of losing his partner and the love of his life affected that. Uh, obviously, I think he was signed to be the number one. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. He's worked with him at Rotherham. And ultimately, Wildsmith has, has been consistent. But I think his actual performances have been average for a while now. I don't think he's anywhere near the levels that he was last year, in my opinion. I still think he's okay, but I don't think he's as as commanding as he was. I think Vickers was brought in to be ultimately the number one, and I think circumstances have prevented that happening. Um, Regarding the main point about that, which I think is absolutely spot on what you both said, the changing of the guard, changing a, a back five, which has been the best, you know, including the keeper, has been the best in the division. And this is a big danger to change such an important role at such an important time of the season. But there has to be a reason behind it. We, there's something that's that's being seen, obviously, at more farm, 
or that the, the the goalkeeping coach is is, is clearly uh, spoken to Paul Warren, or it might just be Paul Warren's stubbornness, and we know he he can be a stubborn man when it comes to things that that he wants Josh Vickers to be his number one. Let's hope it doesn't change the course of the season. I don't think it will. I think James hit the nail on the head earlier in the show. The league is that poor. I don't think that it will be a, a calamity that we have changed the goalkeeper. And I don't think it will be the, the make or break of our season. One thing I will say, just, just finishing my, my little piece on it, is that going back to what James said about the standard of the league, when you see Northampton Town ninth, and when we played them at Pride Park, I think they were in the bottom two and they were absolutely garbage. And now you see them ninth. It just shows you exactly what we've been saying all along. Yes, we're massive Derby fans and yes, we want them to, to get promotion. I, I said at the start of the season, we have to get promotion. You look at the standard of what we're in and it, and it's, it's, it should be a... I'm not being complacent. I, I've said that the team were complacent at the start of the show. But on paper, we shouldn't really be having these discussions, should we, guys, about, you know, our plan B. Is this guy, uh, if he gets injured, what we've got coming in? We've had a recruitment team in now, Jason and James, for, for over 12 months. And these discussions and these changes of, of, of tactical uh, positions shouldn't be happening. Look, at the end of the day, you, you both hit the nail on the head. We'll take the three points. We're one point off top. Portsmouth are currently having a mini slump, which is good. There's some interesting games coming up at the weekend, and, and let's keep our fingers crossed. So for the next segment of the podcast, it's been a while since we've done a opposition's view on the Rams Review podcast. We've got one for the game on Saturday at Sinsel Bank. And I'm delighted to say, joining us is Lincoln City fan Nigel, who uh, does a a bit of writing for Vital Lincoln. Uh, Nigel, thanks for reaching out to the Rams Review to talk all things Lincoln, mate. How are we? Oh, very well, thank you. And first of all, uh, greetings to all the Rams out there, and uh, thanks for having me on board. Glad to chat. Yes, um, as I say, th- this is a, a a segment for the for the episode this week. We've um, we've we've talking a bit about Lincoln. Obviously, not the first time we've uh, come up against each other this season so far. Nigel, we've we've had a trophy game. We had the league game just before Christmas in what was a bit of a ding dong of an affair. I, I think it was. I think it's fair to say. So we're we're certainly not strangers. Two, I think, good games uh, against each other. Last season, um, and obviously last season, one that the Rams didn't particularly uh, fare too well in. Obviously, this year got the better of it with the two at Pride Park. But I've always thought going to Sinsel Bank definitely a different uh, proposition for Derby. Uh, we'll 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 go into the Imps' form in, in a little bit more detail in a little minute. But I know it's not exactly probably what you Imps fans wanted over the last five or six weeks. Um, but I suppose the first question is, Derby Lincoln, it, it's a geographically local-ish, you know, hour down the road, hour and 20 minutes down the road. Um, nice for it to be a Saturday, because I believe the last 
few times we've played each other, it's been in midweek. So it'd be nice to have a to be to have a good ding dong at Sinsor Bank on Saturday at, at three o'clock, mate. It most definitely will. I know it's one of the fixtures. I think it's fair to say we're both ducks, aren't we? We're near enough to say you're a duck and I'm a duck. So uh, yeah, it is. Whilst not a local derby, we're certainly uh, only an hour or so down the road. One of the fixtures that we look out for. And uh, yeah, it's certainly from our point of view, we we've been a little disappointed that we've not had a uh, weekend game. Um, although I think the Christmas one worked quite well, and I think the, the spacing of the games suited both clubs. But uh, I think we had a good turnout, and quite a few of our lads were staying over, uh, making the most of Derby pre-Christmas, and I think it went quite well. All said. Yeah, I mean, it's normally uh, people from Derby that go to Lincoln at Christmas for the for the Christmas <laughs> markets, of course. But yeah, a slightly Not different. now. Yeah, <laughs> slightly different way around this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, that we, we go back. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the teams have changed quite a bit from last season. But I say I, I can I can pull out. Um, obviously, it was a. Th- I want to say three-one. I could be wrong at that last season at Central Bank. Derby's uh, was under. Liam Rossini, when when we came uh, last time, obviously there's been a hell of a lot of change and upheaval at, at Derby since then. And then, of course, the game at Pride Park last season, I believe, ended in a draw. So Lincoln certainly got the better of it. As I mentioned, uh, obviously, we've already seen each other twice this season. Uh, victory in the uh, 3-0 victory in the trophy earlier on this year. And as we say, five what five? Not only not not five weeks ago, four weeks ago, did we did we meet at Pride Park in that uh, pre uh, Christmas breakup day uh, Thursday night? Was it Thursday night, Friday night, whatever it was? Uh, strange, yeah Thursday. yeah, Thursday night fixture. Which you're right. I think I think the fixtures did work out well quite the, the, over Christmas period. Derby have certainly had a pretty decent December, decent. Christmas period and bar one blip against Peterborough on New Year's Day and a defeat in the trophy against Bradford in the knockout stages on last Tuesday, which we won't talk about. Um, Derby are gunning for that top spot. The the 10, in, 10 wins out of 12 with only one defeat in that 12. Um, Lincoln, on the other hand, Nige, unfortunately just looking... At obviously the run of fixtures just recently. Incredible, I think it's fair to say, credible draw last time out against uh, Wickham at Adams Park. Obviously, you've had a game postponed over the Christmas period as well, but there's a few uh, there's a few defeats in there, including obviously the one against us. It's been a while since you've um, you've tasted a victory. By the looks of it, back end of November with a comfortable, well, what looks a comfortable three nil victory against Cambridge. Um, but obviously, so far over the Christmas period and the turn of the year, not particularly the results you're wanting. And I'm just looking, you know, a few goals in there as well, scored, not conceding tons, a couple of red cards. So it, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, but obviously you're the expert on the imps. You tell me since these two sides last met, what, six weeks ago, for six games ago, how's things been going for Lincoln? Well, to say we've been on a, a poor run um, would be an understatement. Uh, the club is having a bit of a reset this year. Uh, we've sacked a manager for the first time in a long time. And uh, obviously, Scubal has come in. Uh, it's fair to say that his mood period is over and we're having to do a little bit of running repairs. 
Um, we've had a striking crisis all season. Uh, basically, every fit and available striker was injured within about a 24-hour period around uh, the transfer window slamming shut at the end of August. And we've run the entire first half of the season with a combination of a an out-of-favour right winger that we've been trying to offload for 18 months as a centre-forward, uh, supported by a 17-year-old, sorry, 18-year-old young man, Joven Makama, who played at your place, uh, who was due to go out on loan to Peterborough Sports, that sports not United, in uh, National League. Um, he's been absolutely, I would say, he's been hung out to dry through necessity. Um, and we've really, really struggled. And we've had to hodgepodge and, and put together sides. Um, basically, Sagabala came in to try and lift the club, get us back on method, as the board would see us. We've, we've moved towards a young, developing, uh, selling club. And the football had gone stale under Kennedy. That's why we think he was moved on. There were stories of unrest with the players, rumours. I can't say more than that. And uh, Mr Scabella came in facing the same problems that Mark Kennedy had faced all season. No strikers. But, and here is the big but, um, obviously the transfer window came at the right time. And I like to think that the Derby defence will face a little more of a challenge than they did uh, in the pre-Christmas game, where the young lad, Jovan Makama, was asked to do an impossible task by himself. Uh, since then, we've got four more attacking options back uh, from various sources, really. Uh, we've recalled uh, Freddie Draper. You, if you're a proper Derby aficionados out there, might recall that Freddie, a few years ago, was one of your young trainees that was released. Uh, we picked him up. And on the back of successful spells in Drogheda on loan and uh, Walsall in League Two, uh, he's a much-needed reinforcement. Um, for a young lad, he's, he's quite uh, quite big, puts himself around. Uh, and we've also brought in Joe Taylor from, uh, well, he was on loan at Colchester United, who's a Luton Town loanee, and I think he played in the playoff final to get promoted last year. Um, so he's the opposite of Freddie Draper. He's a small diminutive striker with a bit of pace. So at Wickham, certainly for the last half hour, um, we we had a lot more attacking options. We went to two up top at Wickham. Didn't really work for the first hour. In fact, there was even a query, uh, people being played out of position um, all seemed a little bit of a muddle, and then substitutions, everything seemed to click. We had the big man, little man option up front, and then we also had two new attacking options off the bench. A lad called Jack Moylan, who's one of our clutch of young Irishmen, that we've uh, developed good connections over there, and we've taken a lot of Irish lads, um, trying to develop them. And he's the latest one, he's been trained with us since November, December time. Uh, he came off the bench, um, made a little bit of a, a mini impact. And probably the biggest impact of all was the return of Rico 
Hackett Fairchild, a left winger, who again was another one of our absent uh, attacking players, went down when we had that terrible loss of players all around about the same time. Uh, and he came on and straight away, good technique, good positioning. He wanted the ball. Uh, and you could see he just brought some calm and purpose and direction to the side. So, um, yeah, we we went from despair and we knew we had this problem right through from the end of August, right through to December. We think now that there may be some light at the end of the tunnel. And obviously you'll be better than me to sort of pick out a, a couple of Lincoln's key players. I'm just obviously looking at the league table. Um, it wasn't obviously too long ago, Nige, that they were knocking on the door of the playoffs is, is, is probably a bit of a stretch, but they were, they were well positioned, let's say in those, you know, eight, eight, nine, ten positions. I think that, that's sort of where they roughly were when obviously you came to Pride Park just before Christmas. Um, Drifting a little bit away now, sort of mid hitting mid table, but in all honesty, obviously since you got back to League One a couple of years ago, I mean, you're you're in you're in the middle, you're you're right in the middle, you're in twelfth, um, thirty goals scored, thirty goals conceded. Uh, I mean, you've only actually conceded three more, uh, four more than Derby who have got the joint, or did have the up until uh, after last night, the joint uh, best defensive record. It's obviously clear to see that whilst there are a few other sides in this division who you've scored more goals against, the defence seems to be solid uh, enough. But it's, it, as you say, that, that sort of attacking prowess and, and somebody to regularly put the ball in the back of the net seems to be the one thing that has sort of hindered Lincoln a little bit this season. And um, I hop back to last season um, and I, I've just been looking through the st- through the stats and I actually didn't realise he was on loan, but I, I remember a player that you had last season um, in Jack Diamond, who I remember when he came to Pride Park, well, certainly at Central Bank, and when he came to Pride Park, I thought he absolutely tore Derby a new one for, for those two games. And I was just having a bit of a look to see whereabouts he was and, Obviously, I've heard about the controversy. I've just yeah. been reading as we've been, as you've just been talking there about the controversy that he he sort of had, and obviously went back on loan um, from yourselves back to Sunderland, and then since then he's 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 been in a little bit of trouble. But it was that type of player, I suppose, and that type of goal and assist return that you know you could you could probably uh, could, could probably have done with again somebody doing something similar this season. We do. Uh... In addition to having our entire forward line wiped out, our other big issue, I would, I would say it's fair um, to acknowledge that we do lack creativity. Now, we do have a couple of players on the books who, in theory, should be able to provide that. Um, we've got uh, the lad Teddy Bishop, who is in his third season with us, and unfortunately, he's one of those players that he can never get fit, and then when he does get fit, he can't play 90 minutes. So he's not really bossing games. Um, but then we've brought in another lad from Ireland, another one of our prospects called Danny Mandroyu. Uh, again, had a bit of a stop-start season last year, but had a good pre-season. 
started the season well, um, but he just hasn't got into the game. And then he's had some frustration. He's had a couple of sendings off, um, and he's just not kicked on like we hoped he would do. So, two creative players that we would be looking for, either through injury or lack of consistency, they just haven't delivered often enough, um, or as I say, consistently in any way, shape, or form. So we we are, and this ultimately is what cost Mark Kennedy's job, we've become a very, very organised, we've become very reliable, um, committed team. But basically, last year, Mark Kennedy decided to shut up shop after a game of uh, basketball at Bristol Rovers, which was 1-6-3, and he was absolutely very, oh, so angry about it. Uh, and said that is not the way we're going to play. And he just shut up shot. We played five at the back. Um, and when I say five, I mean five. We were playing uh, centre-backs as wing-backs. Uh, and we just become a very organised, very committed, very disciplined team, um, lacking in creativity. And that, we thought, would be sorted in the close season. Um, we brought Jaden Brown in from Sheffield Wednesday, supposedly an attacking left wing-back. He's clearly not cut the mustard with either Mark Kennedy or Skibala. Uh, doesn't get a look in. And really with the striking options, and as I say, Mandroyu and Bishop not producing cost- consistently, we've just completely ground to a halt. Um, and henceforth, we're looking forward to this fresh start in January and see where we go from there. Yeah, I think obviously you as I say, you'll know Lincoln better than I will, but obviously just looking through a couple of the uh doing doing my research as you do, just looking at a few of those stats. I mean, yeah, Mandriano, as you say, top goal um is the leading goal scorer, I believe, this season so far with with five. Um and then to be honest with you, when you look at the stats you've got, uh, you t- you're talking more about the disciplinary record, Nige, with Lincoln than, than you are with uh, with goals in goals in the back of the nets. I mean, it, it's it, I'll, I'll just touch on it. It's it's not really a massive point, but um, four red cards so far this season, plenty of yellow cards as well dished around. Um, uh, just looking at the stats, um, is, is discipline a bit of a problem at Lincoln, or is that you know sometimes you see a stat like that, um, and you think to yourself that, that as I say that's a discipline thing, but then again in League One, that actually can sometimes that's just the way that you have to play and, and you pick up bookings. I mean Derby have got players. I'm sure if I looked at in, in depth at yellow cards, we haven't had too many reds, but certainly yellow cards. I could I could probably think of three or four players that would be would be tipping close to seven or eight yellow cards this season already, um, which is you know a, a, a better than one in three average. Is, is that just the way that League One is? And you know you get stuck you get stuck in sometimes, and obviously when you do that, you run the risk of a disciplinary. Uh. That can be misleading, the stats. I think in our case, uh, basically, it's two players that have both had two red cards. Danny Mandroyu, just pure frustration. Um, for whatever reason, he can't get in the game, he can't act on the game. Sometimes he's being called lazy, and I think he's tried to overcompensate. And it's just two silly bash tackles. Um, the, the other lad is Paulie O'Connor, who's a, an old-fashioned stopper, centre-half. Someone managed to buy the penalty at your place. <laughs> Slowest player on the pitch, and uh, I think because his lack of pace, your lad uh, clipped him because he, 
thought that he would have got rid of the ball about five seconds before he did. Um, so, yeah, an old-fashioned centre-half, a couple of red cards. I mean, really, um, if anything, we could be accused of being a little bit lightweight at times and we, we run around well. Um, we get stuck in, but we're certainly not a dirty team. And um, those stats, certainly disciplinary-wise, don't always tell the tale. But if you're looking at the attacking stats, they do tell a tale. And, and um, one of the lads on the Vitals um, website did a, a, a very useful checkered list. And, and if you look at all major stats, whether it's touches in the box, opportunities created, XG, you, you name an attacking stat, we're just about relegation form on every attacking stat for the division. Um, and therein lies the problem, really. Uh, and if we don't fix the creativity and we don't fix the goal scoring, then, you know, we're going to have a tough second half of the season. But, you know, we've got that Christmas period out of the way. We've got attacking options uh, returning, coming back in. Uh, and we've just got to see how it goes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'd say one of the other stats I'm just just been flicking through as you there. Um, like you say, apart from a striker crisis with a few players getting various different appearances, it looks to be that it's been a, vem, a very similar sort of eleven going out there week in week out. Nigel, is is, is that is that about right? <laughs> well, uh, basically, um, leaving the strikers aside. Uh, we've we've had a few other injuries and we've not even filled the bench on some occasions. Uh, and occasionally when we have um, put players on the bench, it, it's been youth team players. So, you know, we really are struggling um, in terms of getting the side out at times. But yes, it's fair to say that we do have um, a settled squad, a settled team, um, but it has been picking itself for quite some time. Uh, we certainly rely on Peter Jackson at the back. He's a rarity for us. He's an experienced pro in terms of level, in terms of age and in terms of number of games. We don't have many of that ilk. Um, not the quickest, but a good reader of the game, a good organiser. Midfield, we've got our two bedrocks, really, the two Ethans, Ethan Eharan um, and Ethan Hamilton. Uh, Erahan, um is, if you can remember, Liam Bridcutt, uh, he's that kind of player. I think Liam was at Derby for a while. Uh, he's that player. He sits. He's, he's a young Liam Bridcutt, basically. Uh, and we rely on him to be on form. Big battle for me will be how he um, comes up against Connor Hurahan. Um, so it'll be the battle of Hurahan against Irahan. Uh, and I think if we're going to do anything on Saturday, uh, Ethan Irahan really has to uh, put his mark on the game. The other Ethan Hamilton, he'll run around. Um, a real uh, hard pro, um, box to box. Again, not particularly creative, but yeah, massive engine, massive heart. He'll look to break forward, um, get a shot or two away from the edge of the box. So they're, they're really the core of the team. Uh, Jackson, Irohan uh, and Hamilton. And we really do rely on those. Uh, our other player, that uh, ironically is fair to say he's probably been <laughs> our most attacking outlet, the right wing back, Lars Sorensen, who has got that role by default, really. Last year, he was a lightweight struggling central midfielder, didn't really know what to do with him. Um, as I say, we're playing 
centre-backs at wing-back. He was put there out of desperation, out of necessity, and he, and he really took the eye. Uh, he's basically uh, he's a pest for 90 minutes. He'll run up and down. Um, he's skillful enough. He's quick enough. But what he has got is an engine that uh, he must be almost Olympian proportions. Uh, and he's just a constant pest. And if we can keep releasing him, uh, keep your left flank at home, uh, Derby, I'm sure, will have looked out for. Um, chips him with the odd goal, chips him with the odd assist. But, you know, really, uh, we've not got any stars. We've not got any standout players. Um, and we rely on, or we're going to need to rely on, a team that is functioning effectively at its best against the Derby side that have got a little bit more pace, a little bit more experience, and dare I say a bit more creativity and quality in the areas. I mean, yes, I, 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 I suppose we are, we have got, you know, a certain thing. I don't know if you saw Derby's game against Burton last night, Nige, but... I did. There's certain things there that... You know, you've pointed out that Lincoln are, you know, an hard working team, a bit of energy in the midfield. Okay, you might be struggling to get the ball in the back of the net at the moment. But I think if I was to criticize Derby, um, and I think you saw it in the game last night a little bit, um, when a team keep buzzing around at Derby, they're not always the the greatest at dealing with that. Um, don't get me wrong. Obviously we, we've got energy, but it, it, it's in, it's in different areas. Um, obviously their attacking side, you've mentioned Mendes Lang. He's obviously a, a big, yeah. big player for Derby. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we line up. We're, we're off. We're on the back of five straight wins away from home. Um, and we've played a couple of different systems. Paul Warren does like to sort of match up, um, or obviously try and counter, uh, but uh, what what he comes up against away from home. Um, I would, if you've got somebody in that midfield area that that you know has got that bit of energy that buzzes around, um, our natural two midfielders who play in there, Connor Horahan and Max Bird. Um, obviously, Connor is a, an, an experienced professional. He's in there to get the ball down. And, and spray the passes as you know, and, and obviously pop up with a finish every now and again, which you saw last night. Yeah. Um, Max is obviously the younger one who, who's meant to bring that energy, and he, he's got he's got everything going for him as a footballer. Um, he it'd be a surprise actually if we keep hold of him uh, beyond January, um, but it I, I don't think League One particularly suits him. Um, we have got a player, a young lad who, who did come on, I think, towards the end last night, uh, called Liam Thompson. He's only a short lad. He's knee-eye to a grasshopper, really. But he is somebody that just buzzes around. He's exactly the same. He buzzes around. Um, he gets his foot in for a young lad. Um, he wins more headers than you'd expect him to do, um, at about five and a half foot tall, what he is. I wouldn't be surprised... Uh, when when the teams walk out, uh, the team sheets out that Liam Thompson's not part of that Derby midfield, if I'm honest, and and we sort right. of match that up because I think whilst you've got two very silky players, really in terms of Horahan and Max Bird, who like to get the ball down, they spray the ball about. 
it might not be that type of game. Um, and we, we, we're going to need somebody in that midfield. And I say Liam Thompson, he buzzes around, he rats around, he is a ratter. Um, but he also can get the ball down and, and play at the same time. He's quite a versatile for a lad. I think he's only 20. Um, he's quite a versatile player. Um, started the season at Derby this season, absolutely on fire. Um, and he unfortunately, he got an injury and he's been out for about the last two and a half months, made his return against Oxford over the Christmas period came on, set one up, popped up with a header um, of all of all goals uh, and basically changed the game for Derby and ended up with Derby winning that one. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if I if, if that was the case. Um, but there are a couple of things, as I say, you mentioned about the way that Lincoln play that raise a couple of alarms with me in that that's been the sort of play that's damaged and hurt Derby so far this season. Of course, consistency comes into it as well. Um, an early goal, you know, obviously things can change. Um, and I think I, I look at it, as I said, I don't think Derby have, over the years, and I know it's not happened too often, as we mentioned earlier and off off camera, uh, sorry, off mic. Um, I don't think Derby have got a very good record going to Sinsel Bank either. So... This is one of them that I think, from from a Derby's perspective, for me, I um, I think this is going to be a, a, a probably one of the tougher away games that we've had just recently, um, and I think Derby actually will will do well to to come out of it with three points. I can't not look at obviously Derby's form: ten out of twelve, five straight wins away from home. Um, I said the only blip on there is against Peterborough at home, um, in which we were four minutes away from you know winning. Um, but th- there are things that you've said there that I think Lincoln, you know, can can cause Derby trouble. But from what you've described there, Nigel, it's going to be, I'm sure, a couple of the new lads will be involved on Saturday. It'll be all about how they take to the game um, and if they can start putting a couple of chances away. Yeah. The- there's a, a bit to unpack there, to be fair. Um, there's a lot of unknown quantities. Uh, Skabala's reportedly his favourite formation is four at the back, and he's not been able to move away from that until potentially now. And the reason I mention um, this for tomorrow, if he is going to do it, I think Mendes Lang will be a factor in that. Whenever I've seen us play, um, our left side of the defence against Derby really has not functioned. It's not, it's certainly not functioned as an attacking outlet at any level against any opposition this season. And I suspect that because he poses such a threat, um, we're struggling in the left-back position and left-wing-back position. I think we might actually go to the floor tomorrow, uh, possibly with another one of our young Irish lads um, Sean Rowan uh, slotting in. He prefers playing centre-back, but he might be deployed as more of a, an out-and-out defender with, uh, I mentioned him earlier, Rico Hackett-Fairchild, who's back from injury, who made a real impact when he came on at Wickham, probably changed the game for us. Um, and I just think that if we're going to go to a four, which is supposedly Skabala's favoured um, formation, I think Saturday might be the day that we do it with a bit more solidity in behind and with uh, Fairchild, uh, sorry, Rico uh, Hackett uh, on the front foot, hopefully looking to 
get Mendes Lang um, looking backwards as well as forwards. So that hustle, that line-up, that shape, plus the battle between Irahan and Hurahan, I think are, for me, the, the two two key areas that we have to get right and we have to um, come out on top of if we are to come out with anything from this game. So, Nige, everything that we've sort of just covered in the last uh, half an hour, the chat's been fantastic and I, I very much appreciate you coming on and appreciate your time and, and it's absolutely flown by. It's great when you get going, isn't it? You, you know, you can just, just chat away. Um, it's always nice to learn about opposition fans and, and teams, especially teams that Derby haven't come up against all that often and, and I know Lincoln's one of those over the last 20, 30 years. So it's always nice to catch up. So as I say, I do appreciate your time. Um, so the final final thing is after everything that we've just discussed, um, we have to we have to discuss how we think you know the game's going to go. I know you've just sort of mentioned a couple of bits in that last piece there um, with some of the things that Derby have got to do and, and what Lincoln's got to do to stop Derby. Um, but overall, it's I want to say high flying Derby, even though league position wise we are, but form. Uh, well, no, even form we are performances um, out of those ten that you know those ten out ten games that we've we've picked up wins and 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 stayed in in pretty relatively decent form. We've not on many occasions fully hit gear five. Um, I don't know if that's a, a nod to the quality of the league for us. Um, or, or whatever it may well be, but I don't think we've necessarily fired on all cylinders. But as I've mentioned a couple of times, five straight away wins. Um, so Derby are going to be coming to Sinsel Bank, I'm sure, in full of confidence. But I, th- as I said earlier, I think there's going to be an air of um, caution that it's not a difficult, it's not an easy place to go to, should I say, um, and. I don't think, uh, you know, a, a mid-table Lincoln side who obviously not so long ago weren't even in the division, um, you know, kudos to to what they've achieved over the last 10 years. Uh, and they're now cementing themselves after after last year, cementing themselves as a, as a mid-table side, even though all the bits and bobs that you've, you've mentioned throughout the chat about striker crises and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm still expecting from a Derby's perspective, Nigel. I'm expecting a, a a pretty tight contested game on on Saturday. And as we said, we you've kind of touched on a couple of things where Derby can hurt Lincoln and, and the way that Lincoln can hurt Derby. But ultimately, what do you uh, what what are you expecting from Saturday? And uh, you know what do you think the scoreline is going to be? Uh, my head uh, says. I think we will lose, in all honesty. My heart says I hope we can get a draw, dependent upon the, the things I've touched upon, a couple of key battles. Um, the fact that we're going into the games underdogs is good for us. The fact that we're at home with uh, a bit more interest and impetus from the attacking options is good for us. Uh, and I think that even we don't know for sure what the formation is going to be. So if we don't, Derby won't. Um, and that could be good for us, the, un- the unknown quantity. 
I do feel that we'll give you more of a game than we gave you your, your place. We had a bit of possession without really doing anything. Um, Skibar said he wants to get us up the pitch. He wants us to be a bit more front foot. Uh, he's got to show that his honeymoon period is over. He's got to start delivering. Um, from our point of view, I hope Saturday is a day that we see a little bit uh, and we're competitive. And on top of that, we pose a bit of a threat. So, hoping for a draw. Won't be surprised if we lose. But either way, if the performance is good, then from our point of view, that's progress. Obviously, from Derby's point of view, you need to get back in the championship. Uh, and the three points uh, are vital for you. So, uh, it will be interesting because there's a lot of unknown variables. Bear in mind, we only met a couple of weeks ago. A lot has changed. Yeah, it very much sounds it. Uh, and like you said, you know, a few more through the door. Um, not really had a lot of game time, not really knowing how things, you know, could potentially pan out. I, I would agree with you. It is a it is a bit of an unknown, unknown game for Saturday. And um for me, as I've mentioned, since a bank's not necessarily over the recent times a, a happy hunting ground for Derby, although we've only been a handful of times. Um the way that Derby have been playing recently as i say anybody that watched the game last night i mean derby that isn't necessarily um just just isolated to that one game derby have dominated games at times and, and taken leads and then it seems as if they're taking the foot off the gas i, I don't know if that's reality um and that's been a disservice to our opponents but as I said from the game last night, if you've got a team like Burton, who in our podcast earlier we chatted and we thought actually they give quite a good account of themselves, if you defend resolutely, put yourself about a bit of energy, Derby have to be at their best, better end to to get anything. And over the last, since we last met and a little bit before that, um, we have found a bit of a formula but it's not bulletproof. We've had a couple of uh, chinks in that armour. Um, and it, as you say, the, the unknowns are thrown into it. Uh, one thing that Paul Warren's more than happy to do is obviously change style, change shape, change, change things mid-game. He is, he, is he is a pretty good tactician in that way. Um, but ultimately, we've got the same. It'll be a very, very similar if not the exact same starting 11 that you saw last night so I don't if any Imps fans out there who watched the game last night that's the that is the Derby County I assume that's going to turn up on Saturday in Lincolnshire um, and so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic and I know that some fans some fans from the outside from clubs might laugh at that where we're, we're sort of sitting pretty in third and could could potentially go top with a win on Saturday. Um, but obviously for, from a diehard Derby fan who, who watches Derby week in, week out, it's not quite um, all rosy at the moment. It's not absolutely clicking. It's not fantastic football. It's not this, it's not that, it's not the other. Ultimately, they are up there. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to, say, to see which way the game goes. Uh, because up until October, November time, Derby's away form was woeful. 
we'd gone to Shrewsbury and got battered. We went to shoot uh, Stevenage, we got battered. Uh, Cheltenham scored their first league goal of the season against us and they were rock bottom of the league, should have beaten us. Um, we're a bit of a far cry away from home from that over the last three months, but that is in there uh, potentially. And as I say, there's been a couple of results at home which Derby have made harder work of than potentially they needed to be. So I think if I was to give advice uh, to the Lincoln manager, I'm sure he's listening, uh, you know, get get at Derby and you might just see a, a bit of reward. But ultimately, I think I have to be, I have to be honest from what you've said about Lincoln and, and what I know of Derby. Um, we are quite free scoring at the moment. We have started to concede a few more just recently. Um, but if you are obviously having a bit of a striker crisis, dependent on the, the new bodies in, um, if they can hit the ground running, then we could be in for an absolute decent game of football on Saturday. But I must admit, I will be quite happy if we can come out from Saturday with at least a point. And, and you might be surprised to hear me say that. Um, but I, I think a point away, any point away from home is a good point. But I think a point at home, away at Lincoln is is a decent point. And the stats, I suppose, lean towards if anybody's going to win it, it's Derby. But I'm not as naive as that just to, to just to look at stats because that's not necessarily all that's included. And as you said, there's there's a few variables at the moment uh, at Lincoln that, that could make that change. But um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to stick my head out and say Derby could and should nick it. But I wouldn't be surprised if um, if if we leave on five o'clock on Saturday with a point. Yeah, I think that's a fair summarisation, really. Um, I, I look at it and it's nice to be going into a game whereby it's in the balance before the kickoff, uh, Before Christmas, I would have said you'd have got the outcome that you saw at, at Pride Park. It would have been repeated at our place. Uh, if we start like we did at Wickham, you'll beat us comfortably. If we finish like we did at Wickham, then uh, it could be a good game. Uh, and it could, and it could, it could go either way. But I, I think you're probably on the money with, you know, whether it's statistically form, quality. It's a game that Derby ought to be looking to win. Um, but likewise, it's a game we ought to be looking to get uh, at least a point from it and and go from there. Uh, and that's all you can ask you, as a football fan is that you, you've got a game that's not a, a foregone conclusion before the whistle even is blown for the kickoff. Absolutely. Nigel, thank you very much for your time. Nigel, big Lincoln City fan, writes, does a bit of writing for virtual Lincoln. Absolute pleasure, vital Lincoln, sorry. Absolute pleasure <laughs> yeah. to have you on, mate. Um, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Jason. It's been a pleasure. And uh, as I say, um, ignore my uh, technology woes. We got there in the end, didn't we? But uh, thank you very much. And uh, good luck. I've got a couple of Derby fans coming up. Um, old school friends uh, on Saturday and um, I think they're looking forward to it and win, lose or draw we'll have a beer there's uh, not, not wrong with that No, absolutely that's what it's all about thank you very much Derby, 
yeah, and that moves us on to the final five minutes of the podcast. We look at the next two games coming up before we reconvene on the podcast. Two away trips, two teams in the bottom 12 of the division. A trip to Central Bank first against Lincoln City on Saturday before the only team that we've not played this season, because obviously it was a fixture that got rearranged. We take a trip to the Medeski and if that game is even on by, by next Tuesday, because we've, uh, we've seen all about the Reading fans uh, boycotting uh, the game on Saturday. And obviously we have been there with bad ownership. So um, we, we know what that's like lads. Um, so, you know, all our hearts do go out to that because we were there not all that long ago. Um, but two away games, James. Um, obviously, Lincoln, sort of mid-table, bottom mid-table, sort of bottom off. Um, Reading, obviously, after points deduction, as we said, and, and absolute turmoil off the field uh, or hovering above the the relegation zone. Um it's always tricky going back to back away games, obviously uh, anywhere. Um, but Lincoln first, and then obviously Reading. Uh, before that final game in January, home to Cheltenham, where I'm sure Derby will be looking for a little bit of uh, of, of revenge from what happened um, there or earlier on in the season. But a nice, on paper, a nice one to end. Um, but two games really, again, you know. <sighs> Very similar to last night's sort of team, a team down there. They're down there for a reason. There's enough uh, games, I think, now gone that, you know, the the league's starting to take shape. You're coming up against arguably two sides in the bottom half. uh, And as I say, one flirting with relegation there. Um, Derby, obviously, their away record... Is, what is it five on the spin after after the Fleetwood game last week? So obviously, you know, things things are going well away from home, and I think two games that you know we can go into full of confidence, buoyed by the result last night. Not necessarily all the performance, but certainly the result. But Central Bank, um, never an easy place to go. Obviously, Derby got turned over there. Last season under Rossini, didn't we? I think at the right at the beginning of the season, um, so never a difficult, uh, never an easy place to go. Uh, obviously, we've already seen Lincoln a couple of times this season, um, and and Derby did what they needed to do. Obviously, both of those coming, I believe, at, at, at Pride Park. So, and then Reading, a team, obviously, as I say, we've not seen. They're going on. They're going through it at the moment, um, so you can understand why they they might be struggling a little bit, but. A, a, a tricky four-day period that Derby just need to navigate, really, there, James. And, you know, coming out of it with three, three, four points would be, uh, would, would, wouldn't be too bad at all, would it? No, I don't think it would. Um, I've, I've marked it down for, for four points. Um, I think if we can get that, I'll be, I'll be tremendously happy. Um, like you say, Central Bank, it's 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 not an easy place to be able to go at all. It's a small type pitch, small type ground, crowd are on top of you, uh, a little bit old school. Um and uh, I'd imagine I think we've sold out for for Lincoln um away, so we'll be backed well, which is always great. Um Reading, if we haven't sold out, I wouldn't be surprised if we do sell out soon. But again, like you've already alluded to, 
a lot of it depends on whether that game goes ahead or not because it sounds like they are they are really going through it at the moment um, as Reading fans. Um, and we know all too well about that. Um, but I, I think if we can if we can pick four points up on the road there, um, it sets us in good stead um, for uh, Cheltenham uh, at home, um, which you know you, you'd be hoping that you you're blowing them away. Hopefully, uh, Mr. Curtis Davis can do us a little bit of a a favour there. Um, doubt he will, to be honest with you, but. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to see him back at Pride Park and give him a bit of a bit of a send off that he that he thoroughly deserves. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully we can continue our, our good form really because it it is the you know those two little blips that we've had within within the last twelve games. Um, I think it's a decent run of games that we've still got coming up. To be honest, um, you know, you, you look at, at certainly where the the next three are. They're all down there fighting in in amongst it. None of them are. are World beaters, um, you know, we we just need to be able to keep playing. Who's putting put? Sorry, we need to keep playing. Who's put in front of us and, and showing what we can do? We're scoring goals. There's no there's no problems with with that. It's, it's the the soft underbelly underbelly of conceding them, isn't it? And that's what we need to be able to try and get away from. I think if we get away from from that, then you know we can start looking at having your your three nils, your 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 four nils, your five nils, and at, at that point, then. I think every team in the division will start quaking. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, your your final thoughts on, as I say, the two up and coming. Um, we won't look ahead too much to Cheltenham because obviously there'll be a podcast in between that. But uh, I dare say it. I didn't say I'm touching wood, uh, everybody. We could uh, we could see ourselves at the end of January very quietly at the top of this division already. Um, and then, of course, comes the February wobble. Maybe we'll, we will wait and see. But be, but before that. Um, as James mentioned there, Chris, Lincoln, never an easy place to go to. Reading, I, I don't know what to expect. I have to admit, I, I don't know where their players' heads will be at. Um, we certainly know where the fans will be at. You know, and they, they've, they've always been backed by a, a pretty decent crowd. You'd expect them to be there to voice their opinions against, uh, you know, against the owners and that could potentially have a, a negative effect on the pitch. So, Two interesting away trips coming up, and and Derby, as as we kind of mentioned over the Christmas period, with those two away, we did well there. We got six points. If we can come out of these two unscathed, um, at least unbeaten, and hopefully win one of them, as we say, four points. I don't think that's a bad return. I think you're right, Jason. Lincoln's form is is pretty dire. Uh, last looking at here, the last six games, uh, they've drawn two and lost four. So we've got to go to their heavy favourites, haven't we? And um, they're not the Lincoln that we saw last year that did us over. And also, the team at the time, Rossini's team, hadn't really had time to really put anything together, had they? So it's a bit of a false uh, game. The more concerning game, going back to Lincoln, was when they, I thought they were the better team at Pryor Park when we got a result just towards the end of last season. I think it was 2-1. But um, look, I think that the Reading game will be the perfect game for their fans to show their discontent. Because when you've got 3,000 Derby fans potentially there who've gone through the same mire, you're going to get a force that inevitably is going to get attention, aren't you? So uh, it'd be really interesting what the police and the FA's thoughts are, whether that game goes ahead or not. Um, I think we'll get six points between the two. Um, Just my point of view is this weekend, there's some really interesting games. 
Orient play Bolton at home. Orient did over Portsmouth, didn't they? 3-0 quite convincingly. That will show us where Bolton are at. Um, because by the end of this weekend, by the end of the next four days, we could be two or three points clear if results go with us. Um, so I always say to people this time of year, I always look at other, other results rather than ours because all we can do is do our job. And I think Barnsley play Stevenage, I think, this weekend as well. So they're going to take points off each other or one's going to take points off the other and probably not the other one out of the, uh, the equation for the top three. So, guys, just keep everything crossed. I think we'll go there and be successful uh, in both games. No, absolutely. And my final point is if uh, if the Reading fans do want another pitch invasion, at least be 2-0 up and not us be 2-0 up and get the game abandoned. That would be lovely. Thank you very much. Um, that's all for this episode of the podcast. Uh, thanks go out to my two guests, debutant James Cotton. Thank you very much for joining us, James. It's been excellent chat. Uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And podcast regular Chris Holt. As always, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Great chat as always. And again, we'll have you on again soon. Oh, great to catch up. Well done, James. Some really good points. And that's all for this Thank week's you very episode. Much. Until next time, only one thing to say, and that's up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Rams Review 1. Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you can drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the Rams.